When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock Podcast, the podcast about the beautiful club within the beautiful game. Uh, we're back hot on the heels of our last episode, um, giving a bit of an update on what's been going on in the summer. But this episode, hot on its heels, is not with Peter. He's uh, out of the action for this one, uh, nursing a minor injury, no doubt, of some sort. But we have uh, play- really good players to come in off, well, not off the bench, because they were already picked for the first team for this game. Um, we have a returning Mr. Paul Dorsey, head of St. Side Seagulls, who's back with us after a recent episode to tell us all about what he's been doing since, which is namely going all over the country watching the Albion play in the States. Welcome back, Paul. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. And it's a really warm welcome back to Amir as well, friend of the show who's been on several times before. It's good to have you back. You couldn't join us on the last one when we had the uh, the US special, but we've got you back for this. And you were at a couple of the games as well, weren't you, Amir? Yeah, yeah. Glad to be back, Russ. Uh, Miss seeing your face. <laughs> That's not often people say that. <laughs> can't wait you again. Uh, you know, can't wait to come back and uh, hang out with you again on on your side of the the pond. <laughs> yeah. Well, we was, we were just saying off air that um, the season seems to have come around really quickly. Next week, of course, is the Premier League, but the EFL kicks off uh, this weekend. Just as we're recording this, we're recording this on Friday evening as a game kicking off shortly after this, involving Sheffield Wednesday, freshly up from League One against Southampton, which, of course, is the team you saw rather annoyingly uh, get a result against us when you came over. Uh, that'll teach them, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how fast uh, the summer went by. I think definitely having the summer series here kind of sped up the offseason, at least for us over here, you know um because uh we had him here and then now next weekend uh 10 a.m my time the season starts (laughs) fantastic stuff and just to remind listeners in case they didn't listen to the other one um paul you did tell us on the last episode but remind us where where you're based i'm in baltimore maryland it's about an hour away from washington dc yeah if anyone's thinking where that is, just think The Wire. And if you haven't seen exactly, The Wire, exactly. why haven't you seen The Wire? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the greatest TV drama series of all time, I think. Um, but yeah, great place to be. And, and quite handily placed, was it, for your travels for this particular Yeah, time? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right between um, 
DC and, and Philadelphia. So got up to Philadelphia in about two hours. New York's about four hours away. So Atlanta was the outlier, but made sure to get to that one as well. That's good. That's like um, just just sort of way they travel for here in the UK. Much smaller country, of course, but that is yeah, that's kind of like the, I suppose the the typical longer haul away day is about a four hour drive, something like that. So yeah, yeah, that's the, to to picture the scene. It's kind of yeah, that's yeah. quite it's quite doable. Um, Amir, you're further out um, a little bit on you, I think. Um, so originally Arizona, but um, in terms of the states, but now Denver, Colorado, isn't it? I presume you're still in Denver. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm here in uh, in Denver and uh, the Rocky Mountains, and uh, um, I definitely took a, a strange route to these games. I, you know, I, I flew out to Philadelphia with my brother, and my nephew, and then I uh, I flew back. It's about a four hour flight back to Denver, and then the next day. I took my daughter with me to New York and I, I kind of had to do it that way. Otherwise I would not have been allowed to go to New York. <laughs> so, so it was a lot of, a lot of flying, a lot of traveling, but uh, uh, it, it was amazing time. It was so fun. Can't talk about it. Fantastic. Um, and I mean, yeah, but well, let's talk about it. We t- I touched on it briefly with Peter on our last episode, which was just about, um, you know, the, the scores, the perform- performances, that kind of stuff. But I mean, First thoughts on on the team and how they played. We'll get on to the experience, the fan experience, and all the all the stuff around it in a minute. But thoughts on the games, particularly the ones you went to. I mean, I don't know who wants to go first there. Paul, do you want to jump in on that? I think you went to a lot, so probably better get some of your opinions in <laughs> early to stack the things a bit here. Yeah, definitely. No, I was surprised at how um, at how competitive the games were, um, especially the game against Chelsea. I mean, going down to ten minutes still scoring two more goals and, and making it a close game at the end. You know, they, they were definitely, they definitely weren't taking many plays off. You could tell, I mean, Jan-Paul Benheke getting a, a red card. That's not something you generally see in a normal friendly. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was Chelsea too, so it wasn't exactly friendly anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, it was, it was really good to see the players out there and not just kind of going through the paces, but actually putting in a, a really good performance. I thought uh, Simon Adingra looked fantastic, especially in Atlanta. Um, and yeah, I know, I think that the team looks really competitive this season. I can't wait to actually get to the premier league games and to get to the games that actually matter. But I was really pleasantly surprised to see how competitive the team was and how they weren't, it, it, at least it didn't seem like they were just being like, okay, you know, we're playing in the U S it's the preseason tour. It doesn't matter. No, they, they seem to actually care about what they were doing. And um, I've, I've only really watched um, these games in terms of preseason friendlies in the US because I mean it, it's saturation point once you start watching the game. So I, I tend to kind of not bother watching friendlies on TV. Um, obviously, because the Albion were involved, I did. Um, so I haven't really got the comparison. But I mean, have you watched friendly games either on TV or live in the states before? And is this different? This this higher tempo, this greater intensity? Because I was taken aback actually with quite how intense it was. Is that that was that unusual by American friendly summer tournaments? Yeah, I think so. Especially because the ones that I've seen before were so I've been to Marseille played against DC United. So yeah. it's two teams in a league that don't play against each other. DC United's in the MLS. It was just kind of a weird game anyway. I think Marseille played their their bench players so it was just it was at least from that perspective it was very much a a different type of environment because we were actually playing players that will probably see the pitch in the Premier League this season and so I think that there was that desire especially for some of the younger players that Brighton have coming into the team either back from loan or just coming in like Kinchelwood especially um 
they want to prove themselves. And so I thought that also was part of the reason why it was a little bit more intense than general preseason tours here in the US are. Hmm. And Amir, you were at that game as well, weren't you? The Chelsea match, so the, the Philly game. Um, what, what did you make of it? Uh, presumably the same kind of thing, was it? Surprised how intense it was? And what, what did you make of it? Or- I had a couple of like few major takeaways. Uh, the first one was it was crazy. I think, I mean, Paul and all the other states says he goes agree. It was, it was just kind of surreal to, to, to watch them play here. You know, I, 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 when I first started following the team, you know, six years ago, I, I didn't think that was a possibility. Um, and to have, to be there with 65,000 people was, uh, uh, pretty intense. It was fun. And, um, and for me and for us, it was fun to see a lot of the new guys, like, you know, like the Ja Pedros, the Adingras, the, the Hoods, uh, to see them play live. Uh, but, you know, and, uh, I think I, I had texted you after that night and I said, Joe Pedro is going to be a problem this year for the Premier League. Um, and it was also the first time I've ever seen Moises Casado play live before. And my God, I mean, it was just, uh, there were times where I would just watch him. Like I would just watch him, like every movement he made. And I'm like, oh my, he's so good. Like the way he just controls the midfield and made me a little nervous because of, of the possibility of losing him. But Watch. I think watching the new players was was awesome for me. Watching Jao Pedro uh, was amazing. The way he handles the ball. I mean, it's made me a little nervous. I'm like, oh great, we're gonna sell him next summer. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the game was fun. I mean, the, I, obviously, I've never been to a Brighton Chelsea match in England before, but uh, it was it was pretty intense. I mean, there were there were a few Chelsea fans sitting in the Brighton supporters section. So uh, um, there was definitely some guys from England that came over to, to support uh, Brighton. And uh, um, let's just say it was rated R, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some of the trash talk that was going back and forth. And uh, um, I think my best memory is, uh, you know, when, when we scored that first goal and went up one nil, uh, there was there was like probably six guys over from I don't know if they were from Brighton, but they were from England. I talked to them for a little bit. They started singing. It's happening again. It's happening again. For a preseason game. I mean, I've I've been to a lot of I've seen Arsenal play here. I've seen Real Madrid play here. I've seen Barcelona play here. Um, I've seen Manchester United play here. I've been to a lot of games and yeah, it's fun because it's like, you know, you have these big clubs that come here, but this was intense. I mean, I'm pretty sure Paul would agree. This was, I mean, the Brighton Chelsea rivalry is, is getting intense, you know, yeah. um, it goes deeper than play, right? It goes with just us robbing them essentially, which is awesome. You know, um, I shouldn't say robbing, they paid fair and square, but, but there's the rivalry is awesome. And I cannot wait till we play them this year. That's going to be like, that's, that's the, that's circled for them on the map for me. More than Palace, actually. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you say that because, I mean, people ask about the rivalry, just English people ask about the rivalry. Oh, it's a weird one, isn't it? How come you guys are rivals? A lot of people don't really know about it because we weren't high profile in the Premier League for quite a while. Or if one of us was, it was only one of us. Um, now it's coming to more, you know, more into the equation. People are getting it more and finding out about it. And it goes back to the mid 70s. And it's all to do with just it probably started in a similar way to this. You know, there's some some needles, some scenarios going on around the two clubs. In the case of Palace, it was football hooliganism, rivalry between the managers who hated each other and uh, lots of bickering and, you know, as you say, shit talk and all that sort of thing. And it all just <laughs> got from there. And and then carried on for quite a few years. And so it became solidified. Plus, it's a local one. Chelsea is, I mean, any of the London clubs, there's a, 
not a local derby feel, but it's got kind of almost a local derby feel. It's fairly close to that. London to Brighton, that's traditional route. You have um, people used to come down for the weekends. You go up to London, uptown. You know, it's kind of the, the, the bike rides. You have the, the mods and rockers coming down to the seafront. There's always been a tradition of sorts between London and Brighton. And during the hooligan years, all of the big clubs, um, especially with Spurs and with Chelsea and West Ham, they'd bring huge numbers, a lot of whom were troublemakers, and it was chaos. It was always chaos. So there's always been an edge to those games. Now we've got, as you said, a developing rivalry here with Chelsea. And given that they've struggled a bit and we ended up finishing comfortably above them last season, which was fantastic. Um, And I'm not sure if we'll be able to do that this year with our extra workload and Chelsea improving, because they've definitely got, a, um, I think, a, a change of, policy here they might improve chances are they might finish above us but I do think that rivalry is going to carry on I wonder if it'll be a short-term thing or not I don't know maybe 40 years from now we'll be talking about that weird reason we're rivals with Chelsea who knows (laughs) (laughs) it's it's great I mean the the game the 4-1 match in particular and also the away game uh the edge was there between the fans it was great. We were just the needle we were giving them. And obviously the fact we thrashed them in that first game and, and then won the other game with a spectacular winner um, has just added to it. And, and we've definitely got the upper hand in this new rivalry anyway, I think at the moment. Um, but I'm loving it. <laughs> All the yeah. time we're doing well. Uh, Paul, uh, I mean, I, I mean, was saying, do you, do you feel the same about that as well? Yeah, no, I, I think so. It's really... It was really so kind of my takeaway from from Philadelphia and that kind of leads back into the, the Brighton Chelsea robberies that I was surprised at how many fans were there. I mean, it was almost a full house in an NFL stadium. It was crazy. And there was definitely, like Amir said, a lot of Chelsea fans who wandered into the Brighton supporters section. And that just kind of it just made the rivalry a little bit more intense because you actually had I mean, it was American Chelsea fans and American Brighton fans and all, but it just made it seem that much more real. Like it was just like I know it's a lot of bluster on Twitter about you know Caicedo or about Colwell, but <laughs> to have somebody to actually bounce off of in person, it just made it that much more like you know obviously it's you know nobody's getting in a, in a huge fight or anything at least not me I'm I'm <laughs> I'll talk trash all the time but I won't actually get in a fight but um no I it was just it was nice to be able to actually put that to to words and to actually see it in reality and to be able to to give Chelsea fans a little bit of stick because you know you can you can do whatever you want on Twitter but you know once you actually get to talk to somebody it's just it's fun to actually you know have that to bounce off of in person and and to see the team especially after the first goal that we scored to be able to give it to them a little bit more to be like yeah you know what we're not just going away we're not just going to hide it it was it was a lot of fun yeah, and that's yeah that burgeoning thing, you know, it's, it's quite. I think it's great to, have, as you said, to have people bouncing off each other, and that that develops a little bit more banter. And then some of those people maybe go online and hook up with conversations online and es- escalate it a bit more. Other people will see that, and then you know it just keeps that going. Oh, it, it just adds an extra element of spice to the season on top of the whole palace thing and anything else that's going on. So that's, that's good. Um, and in general, around around the match, I mean, around the stadium, with, in terms of merchandise, the meeting up with both with fellow Albion fans from elsewhere in the States or from the UK, uh, but also with the Chelsea fans. How was it like in and around the grounds? And uh, what was the organisation like and the, the vibe around the city? How was it? Yeah, so when when I came into Philadelphia, I came in Saturday morning and there were Premier League fans of, you know, at, Brighton, obviously, Chelsea, obviously, and then the other four clubs that played in Chelsea that weekend. 
but you you saw Premier League stuff everywhere. I mean, it was taking over the city when we got in. And we had our event at Xfinity Live, which is right outside the stadium before the game. And there were hundreds of, of Brighton fans at that event. And that was that was crazy to see like that. I, I never would have anticipated seeing so many Brighton fans in one place in Philadelphia, of, of all places, too. So that was fantastic. And then once you got into the ground, it was obviously really cool to see all the Albion flags flying around people that you didn't see at the event who were Brighton fans who'd never met before. And, and there were little pockets of Brighton fans everywhere, not just in the supporters section, but just everywhere in the stadium. So being able to see so many people who had traveled or who had, you know, we'd talked to before on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever, but to see them live and in person, that was really cool. And I mean, I'd never met Amir in person before until Philadelphia. So that was awesome to see Amir and, and everybody from the, uh, the group that we have and everything. So, yeah, it was just, it was an absolutely fantastic experience. And the whole, you know, Atlanta too, and, and going to the open training, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in New York as well. I mean, it was just crazy to see so many Albion fans and so many fans of all the teams really hmm. showing up and, and being part of their club in person in the U.S. I mean, it was just, it was a dream come true. Yeah. I'm here. Did you enjoy that as well? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it all started, you know, obviously in Denver, like you know, when I, um, I obviously I was wearing a Brighton shirt and uh, um, there was two other people on my flight um, that I met that came up to me and they're like, oh, we're going to Sport Brighton too. They they were wearing shirts as well. So kind of started there. It was like 5 a.m. at the airport in Denver. Um, and then uh, when, when, you know, when we got to Philly, uh, just I mean, all over town. I mean, because I had never been to Philadelphia before, so I still wanted to do some of the, like the tour stuff, which you know, Independence Hall, Liberty Bell, things like that. But even uh, the Rocky Steps. But he, even at all those places, I mean, there were soccer fans everywhere. Um, uh, obviously, you know, a fair amount of Chelsea fans were there, but I saw a lot of Brighton fans. You know, definitely more than twenty, just kind of exploring the city. Um, the Xfinity Live event was awesome. I mean. Uh, um, you know, Paul doesn't get enough credit for for everything that he did that week and the organization that he did, not only organizing his events, organizing with the club. Um, you know, he was a very, very busy man. Um, I, I think that my biggest takeaway is, you know, we we do have this WhatsApp group for for stateside fans. And I've been talking to these people for six years, five years. Um, I've only met like three of them um, just from traveling for work and stuff. Um, and my brother was with me with my nephew. and. It was funny because when I first got to Xfinity Live, I'd have because um, I'm like obviously I knew what Paul looked like, I knew what other people like looked like. Some people I didn't know what they looked like, you know, based on what their WhatsApp profile picture shows. And people would just come up to me, and I'd come up to them, and they they knew it was me, and I knew it was them. And and my and my nephew's like, "How do you know these people?" I was like, "I've never met them before." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I think uh, I I was uh, I was really excited. It was it was so fun. I mean. Um, the Xfinity Live event was so packed. I mean, we, we couldn't even, uh, hold everyone that wanted to come in. It filled up pretty quickly. Um, I don't know if, you know, I don't think they were expecting that. Um, it was, it was so fun. It was so fun. I know I was sharing videos with you, Russ, like to kind of give, give the guys over there an idea of what it's like, what, what it was like. Um, it was, it was, uh, it definitely surpassed my expectations. I mean, I knew I was going to have a good time, but, um, I didn't know it was going to be like that. And that was, that was amazing. That's brilliant. It's That's amazing. Amazing. Surprises, uh, That's the brilliant. surprises Paul had in store for us when we got there, you know, the, the special guests, which I'll let him talk about. <laughs> yeah, well, well, let's come on to that. And I, don't know, I don't know where you want to link this in with the other games. We can come back to the other games later if, if it's more related to the Chelsea game or, or just a general point. But obviously, from what Amir is saying there, um, alluding to, you've 
you were doing a lot of organizing. I know you you organized a lot of merch and all that kind of stuff, didn't you, as well, and coordinating bunches of people to meet up and that kind of thing. But there were events going on as well, weren't there, over there? And the the chairman, chief exec, some of the players were, were around ex-players. Um, so tell us about uh, what you were up to, Paul, in particular, outside yeah. of just playing the games. Yeah, so we had events in each city around the games. So in Philadelphia, we had an event at Xfinity Live, which is this big bar, kind of like box park, but like a bunch of different bars all in one place right outside the stadium. So we had an event there and we had space reserved for about 150 people. And we had people lined outside the door, like Amir said, but couldn't get in because there were so many Brighton fans up there. Um, which was crazy. We weren't expecting that many people to show up, which is fantastic. I, I'm sure we've seen the you've seen the pictures on social media of all the fans at the Xfinity Live event. So that was really cool to see so many Brighton fans. And it wasn't just, you know, some Brighton fans, some Chelsea fans. It was all Brighton fans, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Amir said, like I, I planned the events with the other members of the board with Stateside Seagulls, but we worked with the club to get the the venues booked and kind of, you know, and where things were going to be in Philadelphia, Atlanta, New York. But the surprise guest, we'd heard maybe there would be a surprise guest, but we didn't know who. So I knew Glenn Murray might be coming over as the club representative, but I didn't know he would be showing up at the event necessarily. So that was a surprise for me too. It was really cool to see Glenn Murray and Paul Barber come to the event in Philadelphia and the Bloom family. I think Tony's um, uncle and brother were there as well. And then in Atlanta, huge surprise. The Tony Bloom himself came and, and Paul Barber and Glenn Murray and the Bloom family as well. So that was the Atlanta event was crazy to I me. Mean, again, it was a few hundred Brighton fans on Wednesday afternoon in Atlanta, Georgia at some random bar. And then in comes Tony Bloom two hours into the event. It's like, what is going on? What is my life? <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was. Yeah, no, it was absolutely fantastic. I think there's some videos on social media of you know, the fans in, in the in the bar sing for Tony Bloom and getting pictures. And he's got the stateside seagull scarf around his neck the entire time he's there. So that was, uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I definitely wasn't expecting that when we were planning the events for Tony and Paul and, and to come over. And it wasn't that they just came over and waved and shook a couple hands and then left. They were there for mm-hmm. a while talking and chatting with people and really seeming to be very friendly and hospitable and wanted to to hear about people's experiences with the Albion and hearing about how far they traveled or things like that. Just, you know, they were there to to look good for the cameras. They were there to actually interact with the, with the crowd, which was, you know, you don't get that with, with most clubs. Hmm. And you've, I think the state, I'm right in saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but the stateside seagulls are now one of the affiliated supporter groups, aren't they? Aren't they in the umbrella with the club? Yeah, right? so we we became official in gosh, probably gonna get this wrong, but March or April. Yeah, of I this thought year. It was recently. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, presumably you haven't met any of these guys before, uh, have you? Because I know occasionally, no, yeah, overseas, but... yeah. So I've for the uh, fan fest, uh, I think that our interactions with Brighton directly began in 2018, the fan fest in Washington D.C., but. Other than that, it's been all through Zooms or through email coordinating with the club to actually meet the marketing team or the, the media team and, and people behind the scenes with Brighton here in Philadelphia and Atlanta and 
and New York, that was really cool to actually be able to have that in-person interaction and then kind of show them like, yeah, no, this, this is, this is a real thing. This is a club that actually, this is not just me behind a computer screen talking to you about stateside seagulls. There's, there's a whole group here. <laughs> yeah. There is something a bit weird about zoom versus in the flesh, isn't there? In terms of you, you get a kind of slightly distorted view of what someone looks like. You definitely recognize yeah. them. But when you see them in 3d, there's something a bit weird. It doesn't quite look like <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> So there is that. Okay, so Philly, that sounds like there's a lot of great stuff going on there. Then we, we went on to, it was Atlanta, wasn't it? The next one. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was the Brentford game. So we got a win, which is great. Um, ironically, probably it's a miracle we didn't concede in that game. <laughs> uh, you know, playing classic open deserve ball there, weren't we? But um, I think, yeah, we deserved at least one win from this series, that's for sure. We did get it against Brentford. Um, what was that like, the event and, and the match day experience as well? Yeah, no, that was honestly that was probably one of the the better ones. Sorry, Amir, that that we had. It, Atlanta was beyond my wildest dreams, and I thought maybe we would get a couple dozen people to show up to the event. It was very much like it was at Xfinity Live. So we had uh, set up in a bar in downtown Atlanta. We had stateside seagulls meet up before the game, and there were hundreds of Brighton fans on a Wednesday afternoon in Atlanta, Georgia. Which I mean, you know, crazy. Um, and yeah, no, so that was fantastic. And then we went over to the stadium, which is, it's enormous. They have a screen around the upper deck of the stadium that you can see everything that's happening. I mean, it's it's a huge stadium. And that was the day, so they had two games that day. It was us against Brentford and Newcastle against Chelsea. So hmm. the crowd, I know that there were a lot of comments about the crowd size for our game. It, yeah it definitely filled up a lot more as the game went on because it was one admission. So if you, you could show up whenever you wanted during that time slot. So I think a lot of people didn't show up at the beginning of our game because a lot of people would show up for the Newcastle Chelsea game. So I think that was kind of why the crowd was smaller. Um, But definitely filled up, especially toward the second half and, and the crowd noise, especially in the Brighton section was, it was really good. It was comparable to Philadelphia, especially because it's a closed dome, so the sound kind of dense. Well, it just the crowd. It's such a big stadium; it's kind of hard to tell how many people are actually there. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say Atlanta was fantastic, and then to actually see the team on the field. I think you you mentioned it. It's a surprise that we didn't concede. It's definitely a lot different to watch the games in person than on TV because on TV it looks stressful. It's like, oh, Jason Steele, get rid of the ball. What are you doing in person? You can see how close the the press is on Jason Steele when he has the ball and it's like um what's going on you got to get rid of the ball right now <laughs> so yeah no, it's 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 really stressful to watch in person so I, I definitely get that concept now it's but it, it when it works it really works especially the the ball that Jason Steele played to a dinger to score the first goal that was so that good. was beautiful that was against beautiful. the same opposition as he did uh for exactly the season exactly <laughs> which is a bit uncanny i guess uh happened to be the same opposition but um yeah i mean adingra was superb in that game but both goals really well taken but even right at the beginning of that match the, the press from brentford you could see their their modus operandi was to just go as intense as possible forwards and we we seem to be passing it even deeper than normal you know we might as well yeah. have taken it halfway over the goal line between the yeah. post and then past and we it. were we were right behind the goal the oh, Brighton okay. goal for the first half. So like every time the ball get, went back to Jason Steele, it felt like I was touching the ball. Like it was already 
all the way back. And I, yeah, it, it's terrifying, but that's, that's the Zerbi ball. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's a shame because you, you were further away from the goals then because they both, both, no, first goal. The sorry. first goal, the first goal was at the away. And so, yeah. Yeah, I forgot the second goal, the second half, wasn't it? When he'd gone into mm-hmm. on the left hand yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. Score from there. But that's great. I mean, you're right. It is even more tense watching in, in the flesh because uh, you can see the, the angles and how it could go wrong. And yeah, I don't know exactly something about something about it, about again, seeing them in 3D. It's kind of like, I don't know the, all the different ways that the, this could go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, multiple in multiple rapid speeds you can kind of process all the possible conversations just <laughs> yeah. not 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 relaxing. no no it's it's yeah. yeah it's terrifying but it you know it worked out at least against Brentford so I'm, I'm happy about it you mentioned Paul about the um the atmosphere and the number of fans and, and that kind of thing but the one thing that was disappointing for me actually as the tv viewer in this case watching on tv there a sky broadcast it through peacock um which is funny because peacock there's a there's a thing coming on saying this is only broadcastable in the states <laughs> it's just a brilliant deal with sky to make okay it's just a bit of an anomaly but i thought i found that vaguely amusing but what was what was a little bit irritating was the amount of camera focus on Chelsea fans. I know there were more Chelsea mm. fans than anyone else there, but it kind of did feel like, oh, come on, you can show more Albion fans in this. They did right. show a fair few, but I think you want to kind of even it up a little bit more and see a little bit more, um, particularly if there's a big cluster of Albion fans somewhere. They seem to pick on, you know, individuals uh, or pairs of people, or groups of people mm. sitting on their own, say three or four people max. They're focusing on them, um, right. which is fine. But I don't know, it, it didn't feel you got quite enough of the balance that's just down to tv editing choices obviously that's nothing to do with the uh the fans themselves that was about the only thing that was kind of a bit annoying because you could see it was yeah. all about chelsea 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 then obviously the bigger club the more established club of course we're new to this and maybe over time we'll get more and more fans and that that concept might change but i suppose that's one of those things you're gonna have to grin and bear that because chelsea have been in the top flight at the very outset of when football was really taken off over there i guess so they yeah. bounce out yeah. fans aren't they yeah. exactly and we kind of expected our crowd to be a little bit smaller especially for the atlanta game because the second game that day was newcastle against chelsea and newcastle have miguel almiron who used to play for atlanta united yeah so oh, we yes. had all the atlanta united fans who were rooting for newcastle okay. because of miggy and then you had all the chelsea fans so the stadium definitely did fill up quite a bit toward our second half and into that into that game but yeah, if you, if you were watching the Brighton game, especially at the beginning, it definitely did seem a little bit smaller than Philadelphia or even New York potentially. But uh, but it definitely did fill up, and it was loud. So yeah, I guess also being the earlier game, some of the people wouldn't have been able to get there if they couldn't get time off work. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, it's a Wednesday at five thirty. If you exactly. couldn't get off work that day, you probably weren't going to make it for our game. So. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, sorry, I've forgotten. Did you say it was Atlanta or New York? The second game you went to. Oh, New York. That was New York. So we'll... I, I, was, I, I was actually in New York already for that game. Oh, yeah, I was in it. Atlanta. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I wish I could have gone, but I also don't want to get divorced. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, finally on the Brentford one, then, Paul, I mean, sort of after the game and other stuff around it, was there anything else to mention about that particular game, or should we move on to the, the New York event? Oh, the training. Yeah, no, I, the training. The training. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can, we can, we can talk about the training. Um, so the training was, um, Monday after the Philadelphia game, so between Philadelphia and Atlanta, and me, like an idiot, decided. <laughs> so I live two hours south of Philadelphia, 
So my wife and me and, and our families, my in-laws and my parents all went to the Philadelphia game, stayed there overnight. I drove back with my wife to Baltimore um, on Sunday. Then on Monday, I drove three hours up, three hours back to Rutgers to where the, the open training was, which is closer to New York, drove right. back down to Baltimore and then flew to Atlanta on Tuesday. So that's all to say. The open training was, yeah, the open training, it was definitely worth it um, to see the team, especially like you see them playing and that's crazy enough as it is, but to see them with, you know, no, I, there were, there were a lot of fans there, but it's not like a loud stadium. You can hear Deserby yelling at all the players running and doing the paces and, and that was crazy enough. And the players themselves were so great uh, coming over getting pictures and autographs of fans. We, gave Lewis Dunk one of our USA tour scarves and he was super excited about that. He was really happy to see us fans come over. So and I was, it was really, it was definitely worth it to have that up close and in, in-person in interaction with the players and with the Albion that, you know, even in the stadium watching them, you don't necessarily have. So having that open training to be able to have connect with the USA fan bases, I thought that was probably one of the cooler experiences that we had during the, uh, during the summer tour. But then, yeah, it was a lot of travel between Sunday and, and Tuesday. That is mad. Amir's shaking his head in disbelief at some of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Paul was that, that wasn't I, I hope he had a lot of fun because it was definitely a lot of work. Yeah, had. no, it was it was definitely a lot of travel, but definitely worth it, especially to to have that interaction with the players and to, to be able to, you know, work with the Albion that closely. It was it was definitely worth it to to go through all that travel. Yeah, I've I've had a couple of busy weeks and I haven't had a chance to catch up with all of the footage and all of the coverage um, that's on the websites and you know on Twitter and so on. But uh, oh, sorry, X now, isn't it? Um, <laughs> God. Anyway, uh, but um, I, I did see quite a bit of stuff to do with the the training ground event, and that did look great. And you can see how much people were enjoying that, and that's great to see. I think it's obviously, as you said, one of the cooler things to do. It's great to have those initiatives as part of the events. Uh, so you've got you've got that interaction with the with the players. You've obviously got the, the matches themselves, and then you've got these social events that are going on. Um, so that that sounds brilliant. And then we move to the third one. So um, we had the uh, the game against um, uh, Newcastle in New York. So uh, not a happy ending in the end, but I mean we we absolutely battered them during the game. I thought we were by far the better team until we took our foot off the pedal, made the changes, etc. The, the before, during and after for this one, I mean, should we bring Amir back into it on this one? So you, you were at this game then. So tell us about your experiences uh, on the day yeah, and on yeah. the run. It was, uh, um, just, it was amazing. I mean, the, the, I would say the biggest negative, it was humid as hell. I mean, it was very, very humid. Um, uh, the, 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 um, the, the pregame event this time was uh, sponsored by American Express, and it, it was actually right next to the uh, World Trade Center. Um, where the memorial was and the museum. So it was actually uh, about a 30, 40 minute train ride from, from the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Amex uh, had a promotion to, or if you had an American express card, you got a free Brighton inspired drink and a free train ticket round trip to the game. So that was oh. kind of cool, you know? Um, so that, that, that was cool. And uh, um, it was, it was awesome. You know, it was, it was outdoors. It was really fun. Uh, um the the the, i think i shared a picture with you of the of the brighton inspired drink menu i mean it was i mean it was just like normal drinks but just with brighton's players like i I had the danny welbeck which essentially was a long island iced tea (laughs) (laughs) 
um, but uh, it was it, it was super fun, and uh, again, it was it was fun for me to to see uh, you know everybody else again, and, and and there were some people that were there that I didn't see in Philadelphia, um, so it was nice to, to meet more people. Um, uh, but the, the event was great; it was fun. Uh, um, I, I always tell everyone I was a little biased. I, I liked the extended dive better because it was inside an in air conditioning, but. <laughs> um, the the mass day experience was fun you know we we all we paul and i and a bunch of other stateside seagulls took the train together to harrison new jersey where the game so the game was technically in new jersey but across the river mm-hmm. uh in red bull arena uh it, it was good it was a great venue obviously a, a smaller venue than atlanta and uh, philadelphia it's, it wasn't an nfl stadium it was an mls stadium um packed nonetheless um uh I mean, great time. I, I noticed this more in in uh, New York than Philadelphia, but there were definitely a lot more like Ecuadorian flags and obviously Paraguayan oh, yeah. flags for Almiron. And uh, I thought that was really cool to, you know, because I mean, if I was Ecuadorian, I'd be cheering for Brighton. Like, you know, like, and if I was from Paraguay, I'd be cheering for Newcastle because they have the mayor. You know, that, that, that was that was really cool to see. Um, that was really cool to see. The, the game was, again, I mean, like, just like the Chelsea game, I, I thought we played amazing and should have won, but and uh you know we were all you know upset that they they lost and but at the same time we're like oh yeah, it's preseason but but we took a lot of positives out of it you know the um the performance was good i mean a couple goal, goals we gave up were a little frustrating but um overall I, you know overall i think it was a great experience for the club um i i've told everyone i really hope they do this again and get invited again um but the one thing I wanted to ask you, Russ, you know, because obviously you're a lifelong fan. Um, you, too, probably also never thought this would be possible, that the club would be coming to America and playing games. But, you know, what was your uh, reaction from all this, from everything you saw, from the pregame activities to the, the training and the games? Like, what was your takeaway from it? Well, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, you're right. I didn't imagine this would ever happen. Um, it's, it's surreal. And, and even when we were trying to organise this one, we for a little bit of time in COVID and I think the, the schedules with the weird, you know, the weird mm-hmm. seasonal calendar because of the World Cup and various other bits and pieces that caused clashes and took a while to get this event going. But um, even with, with the long build up, it still felt like a surprise to sort of see it really happening. Um, <laughs> it was great. The amount of coverage. I mean, it's not often all of Brighton's pre-season fixtures uh, are on live on Sky. <laughs> I mean, usually you've got to travel down to a non-league Sussex uh, venue to see our team play away to a local team, my hometown team, Worthing or Burgess Hill or uh, Bognor Regis or somewhere like that, or, or Eastbourne Borough, all of those places that are smaller clubs in Sussex. Uh, and maybe you might get a game against a, I don't know, some, some some team from League One or something like that. So, uh, and then obviously in the Premier League era, we've had a high profile home friendly every year, which has been good. But even that doesn't feel like anything like what was going on in the States here, because clearly this was, there was certainly a serious element to it as a, as a sort of mini tournament. Um, there was definitely an intensity to it. And the numbers of people there, you mentioned, there was, uh, I think Paul mentioned there was hundreds of people at these some of these events, gatherings outside the, the grounds at various locations. And if you think about what I've just said about the, the non-league uh, away days, um, the pre-season, you'd get maybe two or 300 Brighton fans at the most at those, and that's local. <laughs> but of course, there's various reasons why that will be a different, a whole different thing in the States. But the chance to get to see the team when you don't normally, um, the fact that we're playing better opposition, the fact we are a much better team actually now than than in those days um, as well. So there's various reasons for it, but it's still, yeah, it felt um, 
it felt great to see the to see the team to see how intense we were already preparing for the season because we've got fewer games and it was important that we hit the ground running with these friendlies and I think um, we've done that which is good. Um, but the most important thing was just seeing so many people enjoying themselves, seeing so many fans, whether they've travelled over, whether they're expats, whether they're just American fans who've just adopted the team from whenever, new or old. Um, it's great. It's really good to see. And all of the events, all the interaction, all the stuff Paul's organised and all the other things that were going on is just superb. I would love it. I, I hope they do it again. I, I couldn't justify travelling over for it. I was l- loving the idea of going there. Until we got to Europe, <laughs> and then I thought mm, I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to square this with all my, <laughs> as many of these European games as possible in case we never do it again, which I don't believe yeah. will be the case. But still, you know, there's that neurotic bit of me as a Brighton fan, as a, as a football fan in general, that thinks, oh, we might never do it again, though. So I've got to kind of prioritise the European games. But I think if we weren't in a European campaign. I would then think, okay, well, I can uh, maybe get over to the state sometime and see a game, <laughs> see my old mate Amir and my new friend Paul as well. <laughs> Hopefully, we do this again next year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, wanna, I mean, I wanted to touch <laughs> up on uh, something Paul mentioned earlier about how you know when we had those special, you know, Paul Barber and um, Glenn Murray and all them, I, and Tony's. Well, I didn't meet Tony because I didn't go to Atlanta, but um, Tony's family was there. But I thought my biggest takeaway, like what Paul was saying, was that they did stay for like a long time. Yeah. And the biggest thing I can, I mean, they were, you know, enjoying beverages with us. And, and I think my biggest takeaway is like, you know, even like Tony's uncle, his brother, even Paul, at some point I saw him take his phone out and just take pictures. So I, I really, th- I can't speak for the club, but I really think that they were surprised. I mean, they knew that we had a U.S. fan base here. I don't think they were expecting this. I, I really don't. I, I, I think they were kind of shocked um, that they were this popular. And this is only the first visit. Imagine what it's going to be like next time they come, you know, yeah. knock on, you know, and that, that was so cool to see. And I should have taken a picture of Paul taking a picture just because um, it was, uh, it was really cool to see. Cause I'm like, wow. I mean, he must not have been expecting this. If he's like, he's probably taking that to show people like, Holy crap. Like, look at this, you know? And yeah. uh, um, like in Philadelphia, I mean, Glenn probably took a picture with everybody and anyone that wanted an autograph got one. Um yeah. And even uh, some people would, would ask Paul for a signature. And I think he like signed someone's like the CEO on him. I, I remember I saw yeah. it. <laughs> I don't remember who it was, but I remember I saw it. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> did he sign as himself or did they think he was Glenn Murray? Do you, you sign as Glenn? Funny, funny you say <laughs> that. There, there were some people in, in Philadelphia that thought Tony's brother was Tony's. There were some yeah. people. That yeah, they do look alike. Yeah. Yeah. No, no disrespect, but he's a little chubbier than Tony. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are quite similar looking, and they, they've got the same kind of aura about them as well in terms of personality and everything. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, that was that was that was cool to see. That, that was my biggest takeaway. And then, uh, um, um, you know, and I, I don't think we've gotten to the New York event the day after the game. I'll let Paul kind of talk about that. Yeah, well, let, let's um, actually what we'll do, we'll take a quick break just for recording purposes. We'll come yeah. back and talk about that and then uh, we'll talk about the forthcoming season. So uh, let's just take a quick break there. Yeah, so just before the uh, break there, we were just saying that um, uh, there's the event after the game in New Jersey. So the New York event there, Paul, uh, tell us about that. What, what, was, what was involved in that and how did it go? 
Yes, we had a brunch breakfast um, event the day after the New York Games. So we had it on the Saturday morning. And yeah, it was there was, again, a ton of people there, especially for the day after the game. The other two events were the day of the game. So a lot of people came to the events and then went to the game, you know, got pre-match drinks. But then the uh, the New York event, it was a brunch. So you had breakfast, you had drinks in the morning. And just kind of hanging out with Brighton fans, and yeah, no, I, it was it was fantastic again to see Amir again, to see Ben from Chicago, and and all the guys who were in the WhatsApp group that we have going on, and and everybody that we had met kind of along the way. You know, one of the one of the cooler things about the experience was not only meeting people for the first time who we'd talked to for just on Twitter and WhatsApp and everything, but to then especially a lot of the people who traveled from Brighton for the matches went to all three games. So since I went to all three games, so you kind of got to know people across the, across the week. So seeing people in New York, you know, and being like, Hey, I saw you in Atlanta. I saw you in Philadelphia. How's it going? How's this week? Are you exhausted as I am? So no, it's really cool to have that kind of that rapport with, with people that you had met with over the course of the week and kind of have that experience that you're going to share. Right? I thought that was, that was one of the more impactful experiences of the entire week was just kind of reinforcing it and building those bonds you had potentially on social media or whatever, but then actually being able to have that connection in person and, and kind of carry that over the course of a week and not just have Brighton to, to connect over, but to have that experience of Brighton here in the U S and, and, you know, remember that night in the night before the game, that was, you know, that was so much fun, things like that. It was just, be able to, you know, put a face to him and then have that experience with people really cool. And so that New York event was kind of the culmination of the entire week and, and kind of celebrating how far we've come as stateside seagulls, as the group over the course of the week and how much fun we had had, but then also kind of to reflect on how crazy it is that Brighton was here, how crazy it is that we're going into a Europa League campaign this season and, and how excited we were to have been able to see the team here alive and hopefully to be able to go over to Brighton at some point in the future and, and potentially welcome the Albion back to stateside, which is yeah. definitely a goal of, of ours for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to come back, definitely. And uh, living in London, I'm a member of um, Seagulls over London, a supporters group, Brighton fans in London, and I'm on the committee of that actually as well. And I know um, some of our members were there. In fact, Chris, who's the chairman at the moment, and his wife, Janet, um, and Tony and Kirsty, who, uh, hello it's to awesome. them. Did you do yeah. meet any of them? Yeah, I, I definitely. I, I said hi to a few people that had the uh, seagulls over London shirts on. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll do them. Yeah, <laughs> it, was very, it was very brief, and uh, it was. Uh, I think after a lot of beverages for me, so. <laughs> I know my mate Simon was there as well. You mentioned the rocky steps, which obviously the steps up to the top of the hill in Philadelphia with uh, the Rocky film. Obviously, you were talking about there, and he, he emulated that, which I think quite a few people probably did. Actually, I've seen a few videos yeah. um, people going to the top of the steps with their Albion tops on or Chelsea tops or whatever else, no doubt. Um, but yeah, Simon was over there as well. So hello to him if he's listening. I don't know if you met a guy called Simon Tall, like uh, mm-hmm. fair hair, probably wearing the away top. No, you might have, you might have done. Maybe I think so. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, there was a few, few over there, and I know they certainly enjoyed themselves. They enjoyed the interaction, the the travel. I'm obviously disappointed with the results, um, I guess. And I think you know, there's a lot of chopping and changing with the team, and there was a little bit of a conversation about, oh, if we hadn't have chopped and changed and used the youth players quite so much, we could have got better results. And I think it's a balance, isn't it, between wanting to do that to ultimately the priority is Roberto De Zerbi's got to 
do what he's got to do to prepare the team for the season as best as possible. That's got to be the priority. But because it was um, the event was what it was in terms of the the matches, the, the the competitive nature of it, I guess that does then lead to a little bit of a disappointment when we kind of peter it out by making too many changes. So how did you feel about that, guys? Did you, did you mind that particularly? Obviously, you'd rather we win, but um, do you think it was more important to just... I don't know. You're, you're going to see some of the players that um, others might not see. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I think that... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go, no, go ahead, Amir. I mean, obviously, I, um, I'm i not proud to admit that the three times I've seen Brighton play live, they've lost every game, but... I didn't want to say. <laughs> I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of that. Um, uh, so, yeah, part of me wanted to win. I really wanted to win the Chelsea game. That one I really wanted, probably more than the uh, Newcastle game. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, even in pro sports here, NFL, NBA, like you, you can't get mad when you lose a preseason game because it really doesn't matter. I mean, let's be honest. Um, what matters is the development of the new guys, the incorporation of the new guys. Um, the fact that we got to see like our quote unquote, a team play, although we didn't get to see Lewis dunk play, but, um, the fact that we did get to see pretty much everybody else, um, was 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 fun. I mean, I mean, the the team was uh, like Paul said earlier. I mean, they were. I mean, both all the games I went to, they were trying. I mean, there was definitely some other competitive level there. I mean, the, otherwise we wouldn't have come back against Chelsea. You know, we were just laid down and lost six to one. You know what I mean? Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, part of me was upset to to. I want to win, right? I wanted them to to win both games I went to, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I mean, what matters is what happens next Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning here. <laughs> oh, yes. um, but you, with the game, you just take away, right? You just take away uh, individual players and you take away, you know, the, how the new players are incorporated. And I think all of us can agree that there were a lot of positives to take away from this. Yeah. And Paul? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with Amiria. Obviously you're watching the game and, and you get into it and you're, wanting to win but then you have to kind of take a step back and look around and be like I'm in Philadelphia or Atlanta or New York <laughs> watching the Albion play in person live they're like right here and you also have to remember it's the preseason so the results you know you want to win whatever trophy they had you want to win every game you play but at the end of the day it's really just about formulating the squad to be in the best position to go forward for the matches that actually matter and to be able to see the young kids develop like Henshaw, what I think he was fantastic. And coming back from loan. He was amazing. So Jao Pedro came in um, and scored. I mean, he was confident as all penalty against Chelsea. So you know, seeing new players come in and some of the, the young kids who are either going out on loan or we're going to have on the bench this season and, and seeing what they're capable of doing is more important in, at the end of the day than, you know, winning a preseason match against Newcastle. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's hard to kind of take, stock of that when you're actually at the stadium watching the game disappointed that we lost in the dying seconds against Newcastle but then when you take a step back you have to remember what the preseason tour is all about and that's putting the Albion in the best position to know what they're going to be able to to produce when the games actually matter so I think that that's I think that you know the tour was absolutely a success from that point of view yeah excellent one thing, um, actually, I mentioned the Seagulls of London guys. I know um, there was an event they went to. I can't remember if it was um, yeah, the, the one that you talked about in New York the day after the New Jersey game or whether it was uh, one of the earlier matches. But I think there was an event where Paul Barber and Glenn Murray were supposed to be there and apparently didn't 
show uh, for some reason or other. Do you know? Is, yeah, is that- yeah. So the is New York event, I believe they were supposed to show up. So I, I knew, I think that on the Albion website, it said that they were supposed to show up to the New York event. They ended up showing up to the Philadelphia and Atlanta events. We didn't, we didn't have any information about that. It was a surprise that they came. And then especially Tony Bloom coming to Atlanta, that was definitely a surprise. But from what I think, I, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on this, but I believe that at least Paul Barber, if not both him and Glenn Murray went to the White House instead on that Saturday. Uh-huh. So I think it was like a late invite that they got to go to the White House in DC and they went there instead of going to our event. So I think that that's, that's probably more important than, than stateside seagulls. If anything can be, I think that might be. So. Yeah. Okay. But, 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 we, but the one thing the club did do for us is uh, they handed out a bunch of this year's shirts to us uh, away in home shirts. All oh, right. Really? Yeah. At the New York that- event. Yeah. That was really cool. So that was, that was really cool. I mean, I think a lot of people, I don't know exactly, but I think a lot of people walked away with some, some shirts. Yeah. You know? Did you get one yeah. I mean? Because you normally have to spend a fortune on a merch. I, you? I, yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I got one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm one of the, the big, uh, big shoppers from the, the Albion store and they know my address. I'm <laughs> all the time. Well, that, uh, that'll give you a chance to take your wife out for a meal now with the, with the saved money or yeah, buy one beer right. in New York by all accounts. That was $7 <laughs> right. or something, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, New, yeah. New York is crazy. I I thought London was expensive, but man, New York is way more expensive yeah. than yeah. That, that's the prices the prices in New York are astronomical. Uh, it's I went to dinner one night and I remember I got a, a double vodka and tonic and it was thirty nine dollars. I'm like, what? Whoa! You get to keep the cup. I'm like, I don't care about the cup. <laughs> <laughs> Was it gold plated or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, back to what Paul was saying. It, it, you know, it was uh, it was a bummer we didn't get to see them again in, in New York, yeah. but it, they went to the White House, and obviously, I totally understand. You know, yeah. If you get the opportunity to do that, I guess you can't turn that down, can you? Uh, a bit disappointing for the fans, probably. That I'm sure yeah. they look forward to seeing them, if they, especially exactly. if to the other stuff, which I think was maybe where there was a bit of a a bit of a qualm from certain people, but um, yeah. We're only at the New York event, so that's fair enough. But, but yeah, I can I can see your point. That, I, I heard something about Washington, but I didn't know the details. But the White House, yeah, that's kind of that's quite. Yeah, I saw I saw Glenn Murray on the Saturday had a picture outside the White House. I was like, okay, okay I know where they are now. <laughs> <laughs> Any anything else before we round off um, this and, and just go on to a final word about the season coming up? Um, any final thoughts on the on the tour? Was there any other bits and pieces to pick out from it, or any final observations? Yeah, no, I think it was just, it was beyond my wildest dreams. Like I knew that there were going to be a bunch of Albion fans that would show up to the events and to the games, but to see everybody in person and to meet people like Amir for the first time in person, it, it was just, uh, you know, I'm exhausted. I'm still exhausted, but um, yeah, it, I, I can't have imagined a better tour, even with the results being how they were. I mean, at least we got to win against Brentford, but um but yeah, no, every every event that we had, the events in Philadelphia, Atlanta, New York, and, and meeting everybody and just having the Albion family kind of come together here in the US, it was just it was a dream come true. And I'm I'm really excited to see how the team does going forward. Hopefully we can make it over to Brighton from from the US as well. And and I'm just really looking forward to meeting everybody again at some point in the future. Yeah. 
and hopefully you guys will be coming over as well. I mean, if you do come over, you've got to pick a game against West Ham. That's probably the way to solve this issue. <laughs> if you never see us win, oh, although you might have them curse, curse that. <laughs> the first person I would uh, call when I when I when I I'm not going to say if I'm going to say when I come back, just because uh, you were quite the uh, the tour guide and game day experience. I mean, you gave us a some memories that we'll never forget. Uh, I still remember that Indian restaurant you took us to in London. Oh my God, that was amazing! Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so now, now I know I, who I have to contact when I go over there again. Oh, yeah, Definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, with, uh, I always tell everyone, yeah, anyone that goes, I'm going to hook them up with Russ and the crew to go to Lewis before the before I, every match. <laughs> I had so much fun with you guys at Lewis before the the match that we went to. Um, yeah, Lewis is for anyone that's listening that does know the area, especially stateside. Um, Lewis is a really old town. It's the county town of East Sussex rather than Brighton, just because it's it's small, much smaller, but it's got the historical element to it. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It's got all of that kind of stuff, but it's got the most um, numbers of pubs per head of population, and I think per square mile of anywhere in the country on on the size <laughs> size of town it is. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, it's got the Harvey Brewery, <laughs> which is local, several hundred years old. Uh, but there's a load of really nice pubs, really old traditional English pubs, but some interesting stuff as well, some decent craft beers as well, two or three really good places for that, which we didn't get to last time. Um, but Brighton itself as well, don't, don't 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 forget to go to Brighton as well. We didn't really go out and about ourselves, did we? And you, I think you stayed in Brighton, Amir, didn't you? Well, we no, yeah, and then after the match, we went to, uh, honestly, uh, you oh. and Allison and me and my wife and a couple of other friends, we went somewhere after the match. And I, I'm pretty sure it was in Brighton. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's true. After the game we did. Was it, was it the evening star, maybe? Probably something well, like that. I, I, I still tell people about that day where I'm like, I cannot hang with British people because that was a rough <laughs> night for me. <laughs> yeah and peter's not with us today but peter's even worse than i am so you know oh, you have to go into training if you're gonna <laughs> 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 consumption is ridiculous uh it has to yeah. be sometimes <laughs> i thought i could hang i was wrong <laughs> <laughs> that's okay you can still come out with this but you might just have to um you know have to sort of uh, like alternate between soft drinks and beers yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah to, to touch up what paul was saying i mean uh, in, in conclusion i mean Obviously, it was a great experience. It was something I'd, I'd always hope would happen to, to meet everybody. And um, I think my next big dream or goal would be obviously hoping we can get something set up sometime in the near future where a lot of us go and, and, and get recognized yeah. by the clubs going, yeah. you know. And, uh, um, I think it's possible. I mean, it might be a couple years down the road. I don't know. Maybe it's this year. I have no idea. But um, that, that'd that be really cool. Is is I mean, obviously, I'm going to go back for more games, but it'd be fun to do it together. You know what yeah. I mean? You can yeah. do one of those things where you rent a, a, a much bigger property out, just rent a whole big house out somewhere. Maybe that'll be uh, more cost effective or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul, <laughs> have you have you got plans to come over soon as well? Have you got any dates set? Yet? Um, not not any dates that yet. I but we're planning on potentially at the end of last season or beginning of this season, but then obviously the USA tour came up, and so that kind of yeah. derailed the plans a little bit. But um, but yeah, no, I, I'm really hoping that sometime during the 23-24 season, probably in 2024, um, we'll, we'll be able to make it to a match. But, yeah. It's, been, it. it's been since 2018, so I, I'm, I'm itching to go, get back over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I know you've been before, but I couldn't remember when it was. So was it, have you yeah. been over a couple of times? I think, was it a couple of times? I've been, so I've been to the MX one time for a match, and then I came down for a stadium tour and just kind of walked around the city the other time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Final words then. 
The season's coming up, as we said, just a week away now. Uh, the EFL's already giving up and running, but we've got to wait another week. But it's come around quick enough. Um, we may have talked about this a little bit when we had you on before, but um, with transfers coming and going, we've we've got, just to, to mention, we've got João Pedro, um, uh, Mahmoud Dahoud. We've got James Milner, Bart Verbuggen, uh, sorry, uh, Igor Julio, and um, young Jacob Slater, who's probably going to go into the 23s team. Um, so a few signings. We probably need one or two more. Um, quite a few have gone out, but that's mainly loans. We have, I'm not sure if we mentioned it on the last pod, but Robert Sanchez has now gone to Chelsea, 25 million. I think I think that's been confirmed. I'm not sure if it hasn't. It's on the way to being. Aaron Conley's gone to Hull for 1.2 million. I'm <laughs> um, not too worried about that one. Alexis McAllister obviously is the big is the big out so far. Um, I don't know in terms of transfer business whether you think we need more. We probably need one or two more defenders, probably. And depending if Caicedo does go, which is now completely in the balance, it seems, uh, rather than seeming a dead cert, um, uh, assuming he goes, we might want to get another midfielder in. But do you think we're pretty much set? And how do you think we're going to do this season? Uh, should we go to Amir first? Sure, yeah. Um, obviously, the big if is, is is Moises Caicedo, right? I mean, him coming or going is, is going to impact... Uh, our season, you know, yeah. um, but I'm trying to stay positive because, you know, in the past, I mean, I know when we lost Basuma, I was like, oh man, you know, we're screwed. What are we going to do in the midfield? And we were fine. You know, um, we lost Potter and I thought we were in trouble. We, we weren't, you know, um, so you just got to stay positive, but I'm going to, I actually agreed with what Robin said in our Brighton Rock chat today. I said, if you told me at the end of the year that we'd make a deep Europe run and finish ninth or 10th in the Premier League, I would take that right now. Yeah. Uh, i take that right now. Um, but if we have a short European run, I mean, I'd like to see us do a little bit better. Um, but that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where I see us right now. Um, just because there's so much unknown with the club, you know, I mean, Casado is a massive question mark that directly, that can directly affect the success of this season. Um, I hope he stays. I hope he stays with a positive attitude. I'm always worried about that. Cause and I've asked you before, Russ, like in American sports, I mean, there's disgruntled athletes all the time that have contract disputes, playing time disputes, and they hold out and, and things like that. And um, I don't know how off, how common that is in England. Like when players are disgruntled, you know, I don't know if Casado is or not, but obviously there was those rumors at the awards dinner about, but we don't know if that's true about the comments that he made. I don't know if they are true or not, yeah, but I'm not sure. And it, it may be, maybe misinterpreted as well because apparently his English isn't great actually still now so you know even if he did say something along those lines it might have been mis- misconstrued hard to say but the club have come out since then probably because of that and said look it looks like then no one's going to meet our valuation there's a good chance he's going to stay unless anyone meets our valuation of 100 mil or so it's not going to happen but they did go on to say and make a point of saying that um Casado is uh Moises is happy enough his attitude within the squad within the team within the camp has been fine so going forward if he does stay in it sounds as if he'll be okay that's what we're we're hearing now anyway um you never know if moods can change and whatever but i'm hoping he's not being stupidly advised as i think he was a little bit during the january period but um yeah if moises as you said earlier makes such a difference to the team if he if he does go i think we can cope function and thrive without him but I'd really still rather have him, particularly for this first year in Europe. First year, notice I've said now, <laughs> not only. Um, and But he does make a difference. You know, when he came on, was it the Brentford game? I think that's when he came on, wasn't it? He didn't yeah. play against um, Chelsea, I don't think, did he? Yeah, in Atlanta, uh, I think it was his first game. 
that was it. And you could tell, couldn't you, when he came on, he just firmed things up that bit more. Yeah. And somehow we had a bit more drive and a, just a bit more swagger in the team. And yeah, we would. it would be hard to replace that directly. Um, we'd probably find a different way to play around the loss if we didn't have him. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Amir. I think if we did finish somewhere around halfway and had a good deep run into the, the Europe, that would be great. Um, I'm still desperate for us to win our first trophy. So if we could do that one way or the other, win Europe and do really badly in the league but survive, I'd take that. Or um, do really well in a domestic cup competition, win that, finish in mid-table and go out of Europe early, I'd take that as well, to be honest. But as long as we don't do badly in everything, <laughs> which I don't think we will. Um, Paul, do you think we're going to do okay this season? How, how do you think? I know yeah, I- yeah. I think, like I said on the on the previous pod, you know, as long as we stay up, I'm happy. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I, no, I think that, I think that like Amir said, I think we'll have a decent run in in Europe and I think that we will regress a little bit in the league. So I don't know if we're going to finish sixth or higher again, but as long as we finish somewhere between eighth and 12th, I'll be happy. As long as we have that, that deep Europe run or a deep FA Cup or Carabao Cup run, just to, you know, like you said, just at least have a chance for a piece of silverware. I think that we definitely have the squad to be able to compete for that. Um, and especially with Deserby, how passionate he was, especially against the Charlton in the Charlton game and the Carabao Cup. I mean, he cares so much about every competition that he puts his players into. So I don't think there's any idea or any worry about Brighton, you know, taking the Carabao Cup for granted or something like that. I think he's going to take every chance that he can to get every win that he can. So I'm confident that it's not going to be some you know relegation bottom of the group in the Europa League type of season I think that we're going to have a very a very good season I hope that we do you know finish again top six that would be great but I think that it's going to be more realistic to maybe sneak into the Europa Conference League at most in the in the league and, and have a deep Europe run yeah I think Roberto De Zerbi he's very much like um, Pep Guardiola in terms of the full-on drive and complete determination to win every game he's in involved in. That Charlton defeat in the League Cup really hurt. You could tell it, he was smarting from it. Yeah. And, you know, since then, we, we were not taking anything lightly. The Grimsby game, for example, in the FA Cup, which was the nearest equivalent to that Charlton fixture um, in terms of the proportions of chance of winning and what whatnot. Um, you know, you could see how much more determined he was. We're not going to do that again. We're not going to be giant killed by anybody yeah. now. And, you know, we're, he's going to take every game, I think, very seriously. I think we'll finish somewhere 7-10 to 10 in the league. I think we'll go reasonably deep into the Europa League. I don't know how far, who knows. That's a, a little bit of an uncharted territory, isn't it? Um, and I, I hope we do well in the domestic cups again. And I think we probably will. Whether we win anything or not, I don't know, but... As long as we have a good season, I'm happy. And um, and we'll all be happy then, won't we? Fantastic. Uh, can yes, I just sir. mention as well, we did invite back on the other guys that we had on before. We had um, John, uh, the Brighton Bard, uh, unfortunately couldn't make the earlier time. We were going to originally do this next week, um, but we brought it forward, thought it was more suitable in the end. So sorry to John for not being able to make it. Also to Dagan and to AJ, uh, who couldn't make the the change time either, um, and Sonny wasn't going to be able to to do either of the Fridays that we had planned. So, um, but hello, and again to you guys. Hope we'll get you guys back on sometime in the future. Um, but 
Amir and Paul, it's been brilliant to get you back on. Really good to see you guys. I'm really glad you enjoyed the trip, uh, or trips, I should say, uh, to the locations. I'm glad all the events went well. Well done to you, Paul, on, on all the organising side of things as well. I think that's, I'm hearing lots of good things about how, how excellently people enjoyed the, the events and how well they're organised and all the interactions. So thumbs up to, to that for sure. And thank you for joining us. And we'll uh, we'll get you back on maybe later on this season uh, when we're bragging about winning a cup or something. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Bro. Good to see you. Bob. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah you no, as well. No problem at all. Okay. Until the next time, stand or fall up the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.